The following program contains elements of programming that are previously recorded and may appear as live. Welcome to Hope Reigns, a show brought to you by Eight Days of Hope, where we share God-sized stories from the mission field all around the country. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Tiber and Mike Fiella. Well, welcome back to Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. If you've never heard this show before, we share God-sized stories from the mission field, and we want to welcome you for the first time to this broadcast for the next hour. We'll be talking to those who've served in the mission field, and here's some God-sized stories, and you have two hosts with you today. My name is Steve Tiber, and I'm with... Mike Fiella. There you go. And it's so good to be here with you. <laughs> I love catching Mike off guard. Normally I introduce him, but I just thought I'd pause there and see if that you were really, you were on it today. I, yeah, I just I, I always look for the curveball. <laughs> All right. Well, Mike May is here. Yes. You know, we're, you know, you live in western New York in in the northeast part of the country, and I know that's starting to warm up. Flowers yes. are starting to bloom, mm. and um, it looks like we see some light at the end of the tunnel for eight days of hope as we continue to deploy during a, a pandemic but mike um i don't know about you mm. i love this time of the year it's an awesome time and western new york where we live is just a great place to be because nothing better than looking out and seeing you know the, the trees start to bloom and and just the, the the fresh smell of course where we live we live close to a uh uh where they make these chicken wings, and we can smell that in the air sometimes, oh, too. okay, I, I get it, I get it. <laughs> we had to get us the food somehow. <laughs> we want to thank those who are listening around the country on American Family Radio in Western New York, Southern Ontario, uh, at our host station, WDCX. So thankful for our partners. And today, in Jackson, Tennessee, on WAMP, you might be listening for the first time. And I want to give a shout-out to all our friends down in Del Rio, Texas, on KDLI. So, Mike, a lot of people today are tuning in as they drive down the road or maybe they listen weekly or they check in on these podcasts on our website. The number eight in the Bible means new beginnings. And Eight Days Hope started after Hurricane Katrina, Mm -hmm. where we had a plan. My dad and I thought it'd be cool to help somebody out, help out one family rebuild their home for free, something nice for those in need. But boy, God reminded us who's in control. (laughs) That was 40,000 volunteers 15 years later, Mm. almost 60 different disasters around the country. Mm -hmm. You know, we're we're based in Tupelo, Mississippi. We're pretty much volunteer-led, 180 volunteer leaders. We have a facility in the Northeast to respond in the Northeast out of Buffalo, New York. We just opened up a Midwest satellite in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. 7,000 families have had their homes rebuilt because of a simple phone call from a father to a son saying, hey, let's go help somebody out. Our God is Mm. a big God. That'll teach you to want to do something nice. (laughs) Come on now. (laughs) Don't scare anyone out there of taking that step of faith. Just kidding. But, you know, just a simple intention to help somebody out. Did you ever figure that it would get to the size and it's growing? I mean, Steve, through a COVID year, uh, a pandemic, we're still growing and we're still moving forward. And yeah, it's just it's, it's just ever expanding. Ooh. It's exciting. I tell you, these 180 volunteer leaders really make the difference for for the ministry. We have a whopping five staff. Uh, <laughs> all of our fixed costs are covered by our national partners. I want to give a shout out today to one of them, Destiny Worship Center down in the Panhandle, Florida. I want to thank Pastor Steve Agitus and all those mm. with all the campus for uh, loving and serving and directing volunteers our way and, and sending resources. But for 
five staff members, 180 volunteer leaders. Mike, $54 million of work has been done by contractors, skilled volunteers, less skilled volunteers, single moms, Boy Scout groups, five-year-old kids. It's Mm. the body of Christ coming together to love and serve those in need. Sure. Now, you're talking disaster rebuilding natural disasters okay rapid response distribution ministry safe houses and of course our covid response talk just a little bit about the food dis- dis- distri- distribution i getting it out yeah he's, early he's, in the he's speaking french this morning uh, 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 <laughs> i need another uh, cup of yeah, coffee you need something right uh, our food distribution ministry has really blossomed like the last eight weeks god just opened up a door for us to move about sure. six million dollars of food mm. To through, and that's the key word, through 155 different churches, churches right. in multiple states. Mm. You know, everything we do, we want to do with the local church because it's so important. I mean, we're that's all right. over the place. Mm-hmm. This year, we've been in Kentucky, in Texas, in Mississippi, uh, in Alabama. And, and you know, God continues to open up doors for us to serve, but the local church is so important for a national ministry like Eight Days of Hope because it's about bringing families to a local church so they can love and serve on those families. Sure. So, you know, Steve, that's a great example. If you're a leader in a church or an organization, you have to be so in tune and open to God. Who thought that you would be doing, we're doing some of the things that we're doing now, was never on their plate, never thought of, but you always use the word pivot. Sometimes you got to pivot. Sometimes you have to accept. Sometimes you have to just hear and then step out by faith and go. Yeah, you know, I don't know if we're the brightest people sometimes, right? But when God opens up a door, you know, you pray about it, especially if it's something you've never done. We know that we have two lanes. We serve families after natural disasters, Mm -hmm. and we build safe houses for ministries for free that are providing hope to those rescued from trafficking. Sure, That's pretty much the two main lanes. Mm -hmm. Now, do we distribute some products to local churches, to families in need? Yes. Um, Have we shipped, uh, what, $6 million of food over the last two, three months, yes. Mm-hmm. We know the two lanes traditionally we run in, but when God opens that door, Mike, sometimes God's got plans, kind of sure. like when a father calls a son mm-hmm. and they have a plan, but God says, time out, guys. Yeah. Um, this is this is about me. It's not about you. That's right. And, and I'm going to direct your steps. And if you follow the lead of the Holy Spirit, some amazing things happen. And you see it right before your eyes. You know that it's not our genius at work. It's it's all God's provision, and we just follow. We just follow it. I always tell people, you know, I went to college for six years, and they're like, "Wow, you must be smart." And then I tell them it was a four year school, and they're like, mm, "Okay, you're one all of those right. guys, right?" Yep, yep. I tell my kids, "Do as I say, not as I did." Right? You know, college four years, get out of there unless you're doing a master's thing. But oh, I love it. Thank you for joining us today. Hope reigns as a broadcast uh, around the country where we share God-sized stories from the mission field. And today, our guest is going to be Pastor Scott Hassel. He is in Southside, Alabama. He's the pastor of First First Southside Baptist Church. And they were our partner, Mike, for about two weeks where volunteers, over 100 volunteers during the pandemic, came to Alabama to serve families in need after the recent tornadoes. Mm. And so we're going to hear from him about you know what's going on in Alabama, how they partner with Eight Days of Hope, how it went, and hear some of the God-sized stories from, from a pastor down in Alabama. Looking forward to it because a lot of great things happen. And this is the first time uh, 
event with this pastor and the, or the First Baptist Church there? Yeah, so you know, as you know, we always you know we always set up camp at a local church, and our staff was introduced to uh, First Southside Baptist and had the opportunity to talk to Pastor Scott, and um, I'll let him explain to the listeners how it all connected and worked out. And you know, it was an amazing time. You know, I think we end up serving. I want to say it was 70 or 80 different families. Oh, wow. And, and during the pandemic. So again, we had to do it a little bit differently. And mm-hmm. and, and I get it, right? No matter where you stand on all this, it, you know, it, 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 in Alabama, we wanted to love and serve families and, and not get anyone sick, That's both right. volunteers or the families we're serving. And God showed up in mighty ways. Mm. Looking forward to some of the stories here. And I, you know, you know, Pastor uh, Scott is going to give us just that 30 years of ministry down there. And yes. uh, he, you know, he's, he's just when you think you've seen it all now, there's a disaster. And uh, how many volunteers at your doorstep? <laughs> yeah, I think they end up having 108, 118, something like that. But we'll hear from him here in just a couple moments. Hey, in the past, if you, this is the first time listening to uh, Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope, go to our website and click on the media tab and you can listen to some of the podcasts. We've had um, some interesting stories be told by some awesome people mm-hmm. that are doing ministry work, not just with Eight Days of Hope, but other ministries as well. Um, I believe, you know, we've had somebody from Mercy Chefs and uh, Samaritan's Purse and Frank and Linda Reich, Frank Reich, the head coach of the the Colts and Linda, you know, leading a ministry called Not Today uh, with a K, K K-N-O-T, nottoday.org, in that lane of providing hope to those rescued from trafficking. But check out some of the podcasts. And I don't know about you, Mike, but from time to time, I'll just like even listen for five or 10 minutes. Sure. And uh, they're encouraging. They really are. So how far back did they go? They go back since the beginning, Mike. That far back? Yes. You know, we're on year number three. We've got wow. two years in the books. Wow. You started when you were 25, and now you're <laughs> 60. I don't know how that happened, but but it's, we're going on year number three. We're year number four. What, am I going to be 90? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Just we kidding. Would, we would do that to you. Hey, check us out. Go to 8daysofhope.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. When we come back, we're going to be talking to Pastor Scott Hassel from First, First Southside Baptist Church in Southside, Alabama. Good morning in the Central Time Zone out west on the East Coast. Hopefully you've got your uh, AirPods in or you're driving down the road because you just had lunch. Thank you for joining us. Hope Reigns. It's a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Eight Days of Hope is supported by a combination of donations from listeners and business partners like Provia. Provia is a manufacturer of residential doors, windows, siding, stone, and metal roofing. Provia is committed to serving their customers and sharing Christ in order to let our light shine before others so they may see our good works and give glory to our Father who is in heaven. More about Provia and their products at provia.com. Here's Steve Tiber, president of Eight Days of Hope. Eight Days of Hope exists to love and serve those in need. Over the past 15 years, over 40,000 volunteers have served over 7,000 families after natural disasters. We've also renovated and rebuilt facilities to bring hope and healing to those rescued from sex trafficking. At Eight Days of Hope, we travel coast to coast in the name of Jesus to minister to the brokenhearted. For more information, as always, please visit our website, 8daysofhope.com. Eight Days of Hope is now located in three different areas around the country. 
Our national headquarters is located in Tupelo, Mississippi. Our Northeast satellite is in Buffalo, New York, and our Midwest satellite just opened up in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. God has provided three facilities for us to respond on a moment's notice to love and serve those in need. We would love to add additional monthly partners as we continue to grow. If you're interested in supporting 8 Days of Hope, please click on the donate tab on our website at 8daysofhope.com. Please consider supporting 8 Days of Hope today. The sparrows now worry about tomorrow or oh, the troubles to come The lilies now thinking about the seasons The drought or the flood The tree that's planted by the water Isn't phased by the fire So why should I be? Cause you take good care of me Welcome back to Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. The number eight in the Bible means new beginnings. And Eight Days of Hope travels the country to love and serve those in need after natural disasters and also building safe houses for those rescued from sex trafficking to provide a new beginning. My name is Steve Tiber, hanging out with Mike Fiella. And Mike, I'm really excited to have this guest on. Yes. He's not only a pastor, mm-hmm. the dude's a judge. I mean, this really? guy, he's got like multi-talented gifts <laughs> really? in him. And they recently were a partner for Eight Days of Hope in Southside, Alabama. Pastor Scott Hassel, welcome, my man. How are you, brother? Good morning. I'm blessed and highly favored. Thank you for asking. <laughs> I love that reply. Pastor Scott, uh, you're down in Southside, Alabama. Tell the listeners a little bit about your family and how you came to Southside, Alabama. And then we'll talk a little bit about the partnership between your church and and eight days of hope. Sure, I'm from a small county in North Alabama called Etowah County. I grew up in a, a town just adjacent to Southside. Uh, born and raised here. I uh, only left for a short period of time uh, to go uh, to Fort Knox, Kentucky, to boot camp. I served in the National Guard for uh, mm. for many many years, and uh, just served here as a pastor for 32 years now. Actually, June will be 33 years I've served as a local pastor, and uh, just uh, you know, you spend the first 16 years of your life thinking about and contemplating how you can move away and take on the world, and then the Lord has bigger plans, and you end up, uh, you end up staying right where you were born. Mm. So not only a pastor, but you're a judge. Yes, sir. So one of the things that I have found is that uh, Christians, we, we tend to, and especially church, and I say churchy Christians, that would, that would be the, the mold that I fit into, I think, so many times, unfortunately, is that we talk a good game, but uh, when it actually comes mm-hmm. out to or stepping out in faith and doing what God asks you to do and, and really being that, uh, that person who God calls you to be, uh, we, we fall short on that. So I had worked as a therapist for many, many years uh, in our local community, and I saw that mental health and, and substance abuse were just ravaging our communities. And I, I always was one to you know, to be vocal and say, something needs to be done, somebody needs to do it. And uh, suddenly it occurred to me, God was saying, well, if, if not, you who? And if not, now when? You've heard that before. <laughs> and so I said, okay, Lord, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll do that. So uh, probate judges in um, actually all across the country primarily 
deal with mental health issues and right. con, you know, conduct a mental health court. So I threw my name in the hat, really didn't expect him to do much well. I'm not a political guy. I just, I just try to be an honest, hardworking guy. And uh, uh, not only did I win, uh, the Lord gave me 13,000 extra votes just to show he could. So I was very, <laughs> oh, boy. I, I was love, very grateful. I love that. Very grateful and humbled to be here. That's exciting, exciting, exciting. So, Pastor Scott, how did you first uh, hear of Eight Days of Hope and get connected? Well, so I was out. Actually, my, my wife and I, uh, we have one son who is uh, in the Air Force. Uh, is actually stationed in Italy right now. And then we have a, a second son that is a 13-pound Shizu dog. And uh, we like him. When, when he became a teenager, he never rolled his eyes at me. You know, that's my favorite guy. But, uh, so we were up at a dog park uh, in, in our community, and I got a phone call, an unknown number. And uh, it was the folks from Eight Days of Hope, and they said, hey, uh, we've got this going on. And before, again, I think we underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit. I had never heard of Eight Days of Hope, didn't really know what they were about. Uh, but the, uh, the phone call ended with me saying, uh, yeah, absolutely, come on, we've got you covered without me consulting any of the leadership <laughs> of the church. And the next thing I know, the, a convoy of hope, I don't, I've heard of Eight Days of Hope, well, they, they, they arrive as a convoy of hope. <laughs> they roll in there, and uh, they mean business, but you can't – before you see their trucks and their emblems, you feel their love and their presence. And, uh, man, it's been, a, it's been a great learning experience as I get to know them and, and just see the work that they do. And uh, so it's, it's really kind of a new relationship. So Alabama uh, has recently – and really, if you go back uh, 10 years to April 27th, when that one day, Pastor – more tornadoes hit our country than any one day in the history that record keeping has, has happened. And, you know, from Birmingham to Tuscaloosa and Smithville, Mississippi, Hackleburg, Alabama. So you're kind of in a lane. It seems like that lane has moved. It used to be in the Midwest. It seems like it's moved a little bit south over the last couple decades. But why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about the tornadoes that hit recently in uh, northeast Alabama, and you know how your church felt, why it was important to find a way to serve those in need. Well, you know, we you're, you're exactly right. Uh, we feel like we've become the new Tornado Alley. We were hit in our very, actually within a mile of the church a number of years ago. Uh, it, it devastated our community, and if I, in, re, in my recent memory, I can remember four different occasions in recent years that we have been hit. So we're, we're familiar with the devastation of a tornado and how quickly they occur. Uh, it was obvious, uh, listening to the, the radio reports and just the phone, we were immediately inundated with uh, phone calls, folks saying, hey, you know, this has happened, this, this part of the, the community's been hit, Ohatchee. It's, it's a semi-rural area, so there's not a lot of resources out there. And uh, so we immediately knew that, that they were in desperate need. Now, what we have learned through those experiences is that when a tornado occurs or any kind of natural disaster occur, occurs, people, and, and well-meaning people, immediately, that moment, want to rush to the scene, uh, which unfortunately, while well-intentioned, hampers the rescue right. process. Right. So we've, we've learned to take a step back and, and find out what the actual needs are. And, and we also, and I can't emphasize this enough, and it has been a learning process for us, is that we, as the church, we are called to be, united as one. It doesn't matter whether you're a Baptist, Methodist, Church of Christ. So we're always looking for partnerships. So I don't, and I know church people, religious people, pastors always say this one statement, uh, but I really believe it with every fiber of my being that uh, 
you know, it was God's will that the two of us uh, worked together. And uh, so when that phone call came, it was like, you know, this is a no-brainer. They bring the resources to bear. And and not being critical of any other national organization, everybody has a role to play. But the thing that impressed me immediately about Eight Days of Hope was a couple of things. One, very well organized. I think uh, the the leadership uh, is to be commended because they choose, uh, and I'm not, pardon me if I don't phrase it correctly, but they utilize and, and, and lift up. Uh, certain group leaders that are very, very astute in their ability to organize resources, to motivate people, but also, more importantly, they never forget that their primary mission, if I heard this once, I heard it a hundred times during the two weeks they were here, is that our primary mission is not to clean up, but to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. And by uniting those forces, I mean, I I just saw an amazing thing, amazing things happen. And, And and I'm, you shouldn't have had me on your show, Pat, folks. I'm going to talk off the morning. <laughs> I'm just so excited. I've got one more thing, funny thing to share. With sure. You Come on, man. Yeah. We had made we made the commitment when they got there. We said, look, we, we've got this facility. We don't want them to bear any cost. They're here to do it. We want to love on them. This is our, this is our opportunity to put our money where our mouth is, so mm. to speak. So uh, we had made prepa- preparations after that first week. I, I was like, we've got 60-plus people staying here. Uh, we're cooking, feeding, all these things. I said, we need to go ahead and prepare in the budget an additional $3,500 to $4,000 just for power and gas and things wow. like that. Well, we got our bill yesterday, Uh-oh. and I, we was prepared for it. Let me. God has, God has a great sense of humor. Our power bill, and I just characterized everything that was going on there. This is a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day, or sure. what, 14-day operation? Yeah. Our power bill went up $473 for the entire time. Now, if that's not a wow. God thing, because you know Alabama power, I yeah. promise you, this power is well, cheap. That's a God thing right That there. is a God-sized story. I like that. Um, I like else. I like that a lot. So, Pastor Scott, let me bring you back just a little bit. I'm curious, um, as as a pastor, uh, as a husband, uh, what were the first 24 to 48 hours like for you after that tornado hit? Well, it, it, you kind of vacillate between relief that it wasn't your family or someone close to you, and then uh, intense grief over those that had lost a loved one. I, I'll share a brief story about a previous tornado. My son was... 13 at the time, and uh, at that time, prior to, I was uh, working uh, with with a local law enforcement agency helping them do drug treatment programs, and so everyone had their own areas of responsibility. One, my responsibility was to pull the mobile morgue, and it just so happened that school was out that day, my son was with me, and he had never been exposed to the real world, so to speak, so Mm -hmm. we traveled to Ohatchee, and there was an elderly man and woman that were in a mobile home, they had died uh, in the bathroom. They were mm. killed in the tornado. But they were in an embrace, such a strong embrace, by the time that they uh, they were found by the rescuers, that, that basically, the and pardon me for being graphic, but the rigor mortis had set in, and they were frozen in that embrace. And when they got to the mobile morgue, my son was there, and I was concerned that, you know, that he was going to be seeing this. I thought, you know, this is a, a devastating thing. But he looked at me, and he said, wow. He said, you can tell they really loved each other, huh, Dad? And I thought, you know what? He gets it. So yeah. the emotions that I experienced were, 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 were relief, were grief, but also hope, because right after that happens, and, and the emergency situation, it kind of subsides. You, you see and hear and read on the news and, the, and in the papers every day 
of what's wrong with our communities, what's wrong with our nation. But in times like that, you see Baptist, Methodist, Republicans, Democrats, it doesn't matter. They pull together, and you see what's right with our community. So Eight Days of Hope was more than recovery. It was more than tornado response to me. It also brought to me the emotion of uh, we were fellowshipping and worshiping in our small little fellowship hall here in Southside, Alabama, with folks from all over the United States. Exciting. And it just affirmed to me that, you know, we still live in a nation that is uh, that receives God's blessings. And if we there's more there's more good things going on in our communities and our nation than there are the bad things. Well, I'm a resident in New York, and I don't know if I can vote in Alabama, but brother, I love your heart, and I would vote from afar if I could legally. But um, <laughs> uh, we're talking to well, you're pa- very <laughs> we're talking to Pastor Scott Assel. He's the uh, pastor of First Southside Baptist Church in Southside Alabama, where recently uh, a rash of tornadoes came through and created uh, much damage enough where Eight Days of Hope deployed to serve those communities for about two weeks. And um, as you listen here on Hope Reigns, which is a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope, Pastor Scott, I'd like to go a a little route now. So the phone rings, strangers call. You said yes very quickly. I get that. I appreciate that. But I'm going to be candid with you. Probably 90% of the time churches say yes. There has been a church or two over the 15 years of doing what we do that are like, you know what? Oh, you know, Wednesday nights we do our Bible study and the Boy Scouts come on Fridays. And at this point, we don't think we can do this. Now, I'm not saying I'm not knocking them. I guess I'm applauding you and your church um, because at the end of the day, in essence, you gave up your facility for the most part for about two different weeks. Is that hard to do? Is it hard to say yes? You know, after looking back, regrets, what are your thoughts? How could you encourage other churches out there when an opportunity opens up, not necessarily just to partner with ATS Hope, but any ministry where ministry needs to be done? Speak to pastors out there in churches on, on what it's done for you and your church by partnering with an organization like Eight Days of Hope. Yeah, great question. So, First of all, I would say, I, I, I want to correct something you said. You you, uh, you said we opened up our church. I firmly believe, and our folks believe, that that, that church doesn't belong to us. Mm. It's, the church is Love universal. It. That's right. Love you it. were just as much home there as we are, mm. and uh, we felt that presence. And I, let's just be honest. We have evolved. You know, church growth and church attendance has declined over the past couple of decades, and it's because we have taken our churches and we transformed from being places of hope, places of reconciliation, uh, organizations that allow us to work together to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've turned that into six flags over Jesus. You know, we want to have we want to have a party, get everybody together, have pretty music. The role of the church is to unite us. So when someone calls, if there's a, another pastor listening, and you get that phone call, let me tell you something. It, it is bigger than the local congregation. Uh, God brings different groups, different folks together to accomplish His His mission. It is impossible for me to have anticipated. I'm still getting phone calls today from folks. Um, I got a call yesterday on voicemail from Ringo, Georgia. Hey, we saw this on Eight Day of Hope, uh, Eight Days of Hope website. We've got a group. Our church wants to come in, in in June to do some rebuilding. Hey, Pastor, we saw this was going on, and the and the calls mm-hmm. continue to come. So I believe if if a pastor receives that phone call, yeah, it can be scary. Am I going to say that? For two weeks, there wasn't any bumps in the road. Absolutely, there were. <laughs> of that's course, just, 
but that's just part of it. That that's that's human nature, and the devil will use anything he can to to place a wedge in between something that's good going. But quite frankly, if you're doing something you believe is good and there's not a tax on it, you're probably not doing or uh, what, as much as you need to be. That's right. Because the devil the devil doesn't see you as a threat. And I know that sounds like spiritual hubbubaloo, but. The truth is that that's the reality of where we live. That's where it and, is. And how yeah. we exist today. Well, brother, you are speaking to the choir because that's kind of, <laughs> you know, Mike and I have had some off off the air conversations recently because uh, the ministry of Eight Days of Hope has never been so busy. And, and, and you're right. The enemy doesn't like to see that moving forward. Mike, you are a pastor for decades. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what, what Pastor Scott and his church did said yes to an organization that, like he admitted, sure. up to that point was unknown. But something happens inside a church. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't care if there's 20 people that go there every Sunday or 2,000 people. When a church sees their facility and their staff and 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 making an impact for the kingdom, something happens, Mike. It brings it all together. We come to church on a regular basis, Wednesday nights, Sundays. We worship. We hear great messages. But this is where the feet, the hands, the arms, you roll up your sleeves, you get to work, and, you know, you you, you let things, it's not business as usual. It's, it's an unusual business that we're in now. But what it does, it really solidifies, I believe, the call that Christ has on our life to serve one another, to love one another. And quite frankly, um, if, if your church isn't open to that, what's it all about? Mm. Where are we going? What are we doing? I, I use this a lot, Pastor Scott. Um, when I when God opens a door for me either to speak at a church or or to speak on behalf of the ministry, the, I guarantee you, I've never heard you preach. I promise you, I know I would love your preaching. I just know it. But the greatest sermon I've ever heard is the one I saw. People need to see Jesus in action. And what first Southside Baptist Church in the rural part of Northeast Alabama did and is doing. You're being the hands and feet of Jesus by saying yes to doing kingdom-minded things. And so I just want to applaud you for taking that step of faith and for your church, uh, for for how you helped yes. uh, strangers, people who don't even maybe belong to the same denomination that your church is tied to. And speak to that for a minute, Pastor. So in, in your church, you had Methodists and you had Baptists and you had non-denominational and those Pentecostals that, man, they were run up and down the hallways probably, right? Uh, you had Catholics. You had Christian denominations working at a Southern Baptist church for the kingdom. Looking back, what, what does that do to you in your heart? Well, you know, it, it, it humbles me. Well, at the same time, it excites me. I, I had a sermon here recently. I said, you know, we have become so, a, a community and a nation that is so divided. We we identify ourselves mm. with different groups, whether politically or even spiritually. And I said, you know, tell me I'm wrong, folks. I said, we uh, if you want to, what's what's the perception? If you want to, if you want to drink, be a Catholic. If you want to, uh, if you want liturgy, be an Episcopalian. If you want to be judgmental, condemnation, and conden- condescending to people and push people away, why don't you become a Southern Baptist like us? And everybody looked at me and said, oh my. what did you just say? And I said, yeah. Am I, if I'm wrong, raise your hand and tell me, and I'll, step, I'll resign today. But that's why we've seen a decline in the church. You know, while I am very thankful, flattered, and humbled that you have thanked us, the truth of the matter is is that we really didn't do anything special. We All we did was what we're supposed to do. And I, and I think it's so unfortunate in our nation today that we see acts of kindness and acts of generosity as something extraordinary. 
Christ instructed and role model for us that that should be the ordinary. We, that's what we should do. But you're right. It's, it's not the norm anymore. But I, I don't think that our best days are behind us. I think that our best days Amen. are ahead of us if, if we will do and, and be obedient to God's Word. You know, I, I've, I've learned doing ministry that, you know, there's some non-negotiables when you, when you lead a ministry like Eight Days Hope and you work with different denominations. And, and those are, you know, you kind of have your fist closes, that you're going to stand on the truth of the Bible, that, you know, God sent his son down here to die for our sins. We need to repent. So there's, you know, there's, and there's others, but they're non-negotiable. And then there's some things that denominations will agree to disagree. What I love about Eight Days Hope and partnering with your church, it gives us an opportunity that, yes, you know, some churches like choirs and some churches like contemporary music and some believe in the gifts of tongues and, and interpretation during the service and others, if you did that, they would escort you out. I get that. But let's not talk about what we disagree. Let's let's talk about and sure. and, and live a life yes. in agreement that Jesus came to die for you and I. God sits on the throne. He hasn't changed because of a pandemic. He's not different because of a tornado. He's in control. He loves us. It's unconditional, and His grace and mercy yes. is never ending. It. Yes. Let's hold Absolutely. on to that as a body of believers. I want to read this real quick. We're going to take a break, and then we'll come back. And by the way, welcome to Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. We're talking to Pastor Scott Hassel, who is the pastor of First Side Baptist Church in Southside, Alabama. When I look at the volunteers of, of Eight Days of Hope, Mike, I see people of different gifts. And I was at a mm. church recently, and I saw this etched on the glass of the church as you left mm. in the building. It says, each Jesus follower is gifted by God for the good of others and the advancement of the gospel. Everyone is necessary mm. and needed. Absolutely. Is that awesome? Is that just not eight days of hope? You know, I know that next week we're going to have Tina Haley on. She works in our office, and mm -hmm. I know her husband's a contractor, and I know that we have people that are gifted in social media sure. and, and people. They're gifted differently, but it's used. Everyone is needed. Everyone's necessary for to do kingdom work. Yes, and when you hear that call, don't ever, ever think, well, he's more gifted than I am. Oh, he's special. No, you're special. You've got something that you can contribute Amen. and uh, be a part of it. And that's what happened in Alabama. When we come back from this quick break, we're going to wrap it up with Pastor Scott Hassel. Uh, not only a pastor... But a judge, you know, I didn't ask him, Mike, if I get a speeding ticket in Alabama, if he's going to help me out. But that's, well, we'll have that conversation off air, Scott, Pastor Scott, here in a minute. Anyways, hey, welcome to Hope Reigns. It's a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. We'll be back in just a minute. Eight Days of Hope thanks Provia for their support. Provia is a manufacturer of residential exterior building products. Provia combines automation with human craftsmanship in creating their doors, windows, siding, stone, and metal roofing. More information about the variety of products is available at Provia.com. That's P-R-O-V-I-A.com. Here's Steve Tiber, president of Eight Days of Hope. The fastest growing crime in America and across the world is sex trafficking. We're talking about millions of lives, even children. Did you know the average age of a child who's trafficked in America is 12 years old? Eight Days of Hope has decided to be a part of the solution with the body of Christ around the country. It's amazing to think that there's 13,000 animal shelters in our country, and that's a good thing, but there's less than 1,000 safe places for people who've been rescued from sex trafficking to go to. I know it's not a fun subject to talk about, but God has called the church to take its blinders off and end this human tragedy. 
at Eight Days of Hope, we're going to partner with an existing ministry, and for 14 days, we'll bring skilled volunteer professionals to renovate, rebuild, or remodel facility so that more can be rescued and receive the emotional, physical, and spiritual help they need. For more information on how you can get involved with our Safe House construction ministry, please email us at safehouse at 8daysofhope.com or go to our website, 8daysofhope.com. Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Steve Tiber hanging out with Mike Fiella, and we are uh, being listened to in about 200 different cities across America, Mike. No pressure. No pressure at all. But, but today, <laughs> I am so thankful that Pastor Scott Hassel yes. from First Southside Baptist Church in Southside, Alabama, is our guest. Recently, they partnered with us as we helped out families in need from the recent tornadoes. Pastor Scott, uh, when the tornado comes through an area of the country, there's no quick fix. So you know and I know that many families will need for months to come and maybe even a couple years. What, what, what is your church, what are your plans, what are your thoughts, what's going on in your neighborhood that maybe people can be praying about? So uh, rebuilding. You know, uh, we earlier on the, the show today, we talked about the tornadoes that have come through our area over the recent years. And, you know, we're still recovering from tor- tornadoes five years ago. Mm-hmm. And so to think that the, uh, you know, the devastation that they experienced here this year is, is immediately going to go away is not. A couple of things we're doing. We are uh, trying to better or improve. We did a little after action review uh, after you guys left. What can we do better? And one of the things that we uh, noticed is we we have a third floor uh, in in our education building that uh, that really lends itself more to keeping folks or, or housing folks. So rather than I know your folks were sleeping and, and some of them were sleeping in the gymnasium, now we can put them in a bedroom. So we've started now thinking proactively and and part of the discussion was you know well uh, what if another storm never comes? What if this is never needed or never used? And I said, well, you know, we've got to plant seeds and have expectations that God's going to do something with that. So we're, we're uh, trying to improve our facilities to, to take care of groups that come in. Number two is that, uh, you know, we're collecting resources. But most importantly, we're, if folks want to gener- or donate money or things like that, we're encouraging them to send, uh, like, to your website. Uh, and this is not a plug. Nobody likes to talk about money any ever today. Everybody thinks it's a sales pitch. But the real reality is, is that eight days of hope. That brought in bobcats and cherry pickers and equipment. <laughs> you know that didn't. The, the Lord didn't split the Coosa River and send that in. It's no. good people and good folks. 
so we're trying to make that financial investment in in ministries such as yours, mm. and uh, you know just just listen and be obedient to where God would lead us and and what He would have us to do next. So, Pastor Scott, let me ask this question: um, Your your church, have you seen a difference in your people, perhaps attitude or servanthood, or what? Have you noticed any? major difference or something that you see kind of stirring in the, in the people after this event? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's just been a continuation. This was kind of a, uh, a pivotal event for us for the year, and I hope it's just the first of many that will come in 21. 20 was a tough year for us, but right. we had and we, we had to redefine how we do things. The Lord was very gracious, and He blessed us during that time. We were able to survive, uh, while I know many churches in our community were not able to survive uh, for and sundry reasons. Uh, but yeah, the folks are excited, and I think it's starting the transition. You know, those things I said earlier about Six Flags Over Jesus, and, and uh, you know, we, we've become social clubs for Christians. I, I say that uh, not pointing a finger, but po- without three fingers pointing back at me. We right. had evolved that way. The church, mm-hmm. uh, First Baptist Southside, has been in existence since the mid-1800s. It's a church that's over a century old, and we had evolved there, too, and, and we had forgotten our core mission, the Great Commission, uh, is conducted outside the four walls. You know, we have a beautiful sanctuary, uh, nice carpet, air conditioning, all of those things, and, and I'm not begrudging them. I, I'm not saying that we need sure. to take all that out and sit on hard benches, but I think it's easy for us to forget that sure. our, our calling is outside. So events like this, how has it changed us? It's, it's, I won't say it's ignited, but it's stoked the fire of, uh, of not only revival, but uh, of service with our folks. And that has a collateral blessing. You know, the more you help someone else, the more you're the hands and feet of Jesus, the more he's going to bless you. I mean, every time we did a study earlier, in, earlier this year, and I challenged him, I said, I want you to find anywhere in the Bible where God's blessings were, pre- were not preceded by a sacrifice. Every time mm. in God's Word, New and Old, Old and New Testament, a sacrifice always preceded a blessing. So mm. if you're looking for a blessing in your life, you have to sacrifice. Uh, and sacri- sacrificial living comes in a lot of different ways. Mm. So, uh, yeah, see, you asked me one question expecting. You can't ask a politician <laughs> a question. <laughs> I'm an you know, Mike, and, and, and it had to be uncomfortable for a church when, when you see, you know, five, six, seven big pieces of, of equipment, shower trailers and bucket trucks <laughs> sure. and bobcats and, yeah. and, and, you know, a feeding team setting up, taking over your kitchen. Mm-hmm. It had to be a little uncomfortable. You know, I, I love when people visit our, our, our house. I, I really do. Uh, I don't necessarily don't have the gift of hospitality, but I love hanging around with people. But there is a point where, like, okay, that was fun. Maybe it's time for them to go home so we can have our space again. Sure. But we never sensed that when mm. we were partnering with Pastor Scott in Southside Baptist in, in Southside Alabama. Um, he's right. When you do ministry of this size, there's going to always be a bump in the road, a hiccup, a miscommunication, or, or something like that. But that's when we grow. But but I think what, to me, I was just so encouraged that you know, our volunteers, they're uncomfortable. They're sleeping on an air mattress. They're not sleeping in their bed, right? They're using equipment they only use maybe once or twice or three or four times a year. A church opens up a door, but things happen when you serve others and you sure. learn from that process. Well, and also, Pastor Scott is a great leader. I mean, who's going to say yes without going back to a board of directors <laughs> and anybody else or however the church is set up? That's, that's and I'm going to say to use the word gutsy, but that's Jesus. I mean, mm. you just, you got to go for it. And I'm sure um, Pastor Scott has respect for, you know, his elders or however the church is governed. Um, but yeah, yeah, you need, you need to say yes and, and go for it. And that that's 
strong, great leadership that knows they've got to do it, and they've got to do it now. Sure, sure. And it can be uncomfortable, and it can be a little bit interesting, but when you look back a month or two months from now, Pastor Scott, if you had to think about something that you learned during that journey with Eight Days of Hope, your church, what's going to come to your mind? Faith. Trust the process. Um, When the tornadoes hit, I did not expect your phone call. I got it. When you guys arrived, I did not expect the things, the blessings, the work, the, the... the hope that I would see, but it came. And I think all too often, you know, we live in a, I call it a FedEx society. We we want what we want when we want it right now. And I think <laughs> we are forgetting yes. to sit back and trust. That That's what mm-hmm. faith is all about. And by just sitting back, there was one Wednesday night, uh, they had a Bible, your guys, they led the service. And I, I went in there, and of course they were so, they were, oh, they were just, Phenomenal. They were very gracious to me, and, I, and I'm so thankful for that. But I went in that night, and I, my goal was to be still, be quiet, and listen. And I was touched and blessed more than I ever could have imagined I would have been. Just in, in a brief Bible study, that, it was amazing. So what if I look back, what, would I, what have I learned? Just to be still, have faith, and trust the process. It, it's never when you want it but it's always right on time. Sure. That's it. Pastor Scott Hassel of First Southside Baptist in Southside, Alabama. Thank you so much, brother. We really didn't talk about you being a judge. We do have a couple more minutes. And so how many years have you actually been a judge in Alabama? So I was elected and I I was on the uh, the bench January, I had to think about it, January 2019. And uh, that, you know, a lot of folks ask me, of course, anytime with the world's, the world's just in chaos right now, and folks say, you know, does, does it create a challenge to be a judicial officer, to be on the bench, and also to be a pastor? Right. And my answer is yes or no. I think God ordains us for certain roles. For example, when I'm a pastor, and like right now, the things that I'm talking about, uh, I don't mind saying what I feel, and I don't mind sharing my personal opinion. But God's humbled me and reminded me that when I assume the bench, uh, I do so with the pleasure of the people of this great county, and my opinions are irrelevant. My my role is to, with character, integrity, and honesty, to apply the law fairly and equally amongst all persons, remembering Amen. that that there are not cases before me every day. There are Amen. people, and uh, I don't try to legislate from the bench and just you know how can I help? That's my goal. Amen. So, are you a roll tie roll or are you war eagle down in Alabama? So I have friends that. Uh, that are Alabama fans, and I have friends that are Auburn fans, and I like for my friends to win. <laughs> Good answer. Now, okay, now, 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 brother, now that's the politician in you without taking a national stand. Now, people in Kentucky and New York that are listening today, like, what's Roll Tide Roll? That's the Alabama Crimson Tide. That's like the second religion in Alabama. And then, of Absolutely. course, Auburn War Eagle. But, Mike, did you see how he danced there? Oh, he's oh, good. Man, he's he's got really little, good. He's got a little Pentecostal in him. He was dancing there, Mike. He's good, really this good. This is my first rodeo. <laughs> oh. Well, let's do this. Uh, Steve, I, I think, would you pray for before you finish our time out here for Pastor Scott and all that he's involved in and his church and his community? Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, let's do that. Father, we thank you so much 
for uh, a new friend, a brother that we know, Father, that is uh, got a kindred heart yes. and is like-minded, Lord. And I just thank you for his willingness to say yes, to work through some mm-hmm. of the, the unique curveballs and challenges that happen when you have, you know, a hundred people come to your building for two weeks that you've never met and they're yes. setting up all this equipment. Thank you for that divine appointment of two ministries meeting sure. and forming a new relationship. Yes. Father, we thank you for who he is in you. We, we ask a blessing over him, his marriage, his mm-hmm. family, that church. Father, bless that church as they blessed eight days of hope as we together found a way, Father, to yes. serve people during a pandemic. Mm. Thank you for his leadership. As a judge, I pray a hedge of protection yes. around that. Give him wisdom beyond his years. I know he's wise, Father, but continue to pour wisdom into my brother's uh, mind yes. and in his heart, Lord. Absolutely. We thank you uh, for his friendship and for who he is in you. Father, we love you. Thank mm. you for Pastor Scott. Yes. In Jesus' name we pray. Mm. Amen. 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 Well, brother, I don't know when our paths are going to cross again. Maybe it'll be to a college football game where you will have to cheer for one team or the other. But I get it, man. I I, I know <laughs> I lived in Mississippi for 20 years, and I, you know it was Ole Miss and Mississippi State, not the same level as Alabama and and, and, and Auburn. Close, my friends would say, but maybe right. not. But anyways, man, I appreciate, I appreciate how you danced there. You did a good job. Mm. No worries. And of course, I will. Uh, you are my brothers in Christ, and all of the folks at Eight Days and Hope are. So I will not say goodbye, but rather I will say I'll see you in the morning. Oh, man. You Love go. you, brother. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much, much, Pastor Scott. Yes, sir. God, God bless. bless you. Pastor Scott Hassel from First Southside Baptist Church in Alabama. Now, he was uh, a hoot, Mike. I'm telling you. He that. was going some places there for a minute. I'm like, where is this going here? But, yeah. you know, he was trying to make a point. You know, different denominations, you know, in, in, in his last kind of uh, point was against his own denomination, the Southern Baptist. Mm-hmm. We sometimes, in our denominations, in our churches, we create mindsets, and we think that that's how that denomination responds, and that's who they are, and, you know, our denomination is the only way. That's what I love about 8 Days of Hope. We have different denominations, all Christian denominations, mm-hmm. coming together to 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 take all that out of sure. the conversation and to keep it simple. Instead of speaking, we're going to serve in the name of Jesus and watch the Holy sure. Spirit move. And people do come with the heart and the mindset of, I want to love, I want to serve, and I want to come alongside these homeowners, I want to go, come alongside my brothers. And it really, there's almost no need for any of that. I mean, sure, we, we get up in the morning, we have a, we're, we're, we're going to get something from the Word. Yeah. Of course, we're going to get fed real good. Every morning, absolutely. Every morning. Eight pounds of hope. <laughs> get something from the Word, uh, a song or two of worship, and then we're going to go out and serve people. And that's just a come camaraderie, the common bond that we experience on these trips. And he brought up on our interview today, and if you're just joining us, thank you for joining us. Hope Reigns, a broadcast of 8 Days Hope, Steve Tiber and Mike Fiello uh, sharing a little bit today. He brought up today, and this is so real, our country is so divided right mm. now. I mean, politically, uh, the pandemic, sure. vaccinations, masks, I can go on and on. Oh, my. But, but, but God... He sits on the throne. That's it. And if you Come know on. him and you're in a, you have a relationship with him, mm-hmm. he has called you not to focus on things that divide you, but to share the love and joy and hope in knowing Jesus with others, sometimes with words, I think more often with actions. That's it. And Steve, knowing Jesus should be our common denominator. 
knowing Jesus, serving Jesus. And, you know, I, I don't like buzz phrases, but what would Jesus do hmm. in these circumstances? How would Jesus respond when somebody doesn't have the same opinion as you? Um, what would Jesus do? And as we keep that in our heart and in our mind, we're going to be one. And that's what I love about 8 Days of Hope. You know, 181 volunteer leaders, 180 volunteer leaders, I think they live in 30 different states. Um, I'm going to be candid with you. They're all Christians. They all go to Christian church. They have sure. to get a referral from someone in leadership that they're in good standing. And, you know, that's kind of vetting. And they've served with us on multiple trips. But I know we have leaders mm-hmm. who are Catholic, yes, Baptists, some who have money in the bank, some who have very little money in the bank, some who are retired, some who are college students. We have some who are Democratic some who are Republican, some who uh, have been in the military, some who have not served in the military. It really is the body of Christ setting aside our differences. And I encourage the leaders all the time, hey, let's not get caught up in all of this other stuff. Let's get caught up in Jesus and, and let us say yes to him. Use me this week or this day or these two weeks to be the hands and feet of, of you so right. I can be a glimpse of you to others who are brokenhearted and, 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 and let him move. Let the Holy Spirit move. And that's what's happening on these eight days of hope trips, Mike. Absolutely. You know, I go back to the very first time that you invited me in, 2008, and you said, you know, I know you lead a little bit of worship. Can you do something for us? I stepped out on the platform. I saw Mennonites. I saw Baptists. I saw yeah. everything you just mentioned. Yeah. And one thought that went through my mind is, how am I going to handle this? <laughs> you know, sure. But just saying a simple song. And we are all united together. We went into prayer, went on the Bible study, and then we went out to serve. And it was just just the way. It's going to be like that in heaven, folks. We're all going to be together. <laughs> it, it, it is. And some of the people who think there's no way they could be in heaven because of their views on, on some kind of issue in America. Sure. Let's not be so short-sighted, people. Yeah, um, come on. It's okay. It's okay to agree to disagree. Yeah. I mean, there's some t- I've been married 36 years, mm. and there's probably been a time or two, Mike— or a hundred where we've had to agree to disagree, <laughs> right? I mean, because at the end of the day, you sure. know, sometimes it's okay to say we're not exactly on the same path. But here's the path we are on. If you know Jesus and he changed your life, and he did, he changed mine in 1993. I left my house to commit suicide. I'm mm. an addict, but I've been clean by the grace of God mm. for over 28 years. Yes. yes. He's restored my marriage. I wasn't a great father. I had one son at the time. We now have five children. And, you know, I don't know where you're at in your journey in life. You know, I don't know if you have an addiction. I don't know if you live in pain. Mm -hmm. I don't know if today you just stumbled on this radio station or this podcast. But I'm just going to encourage you Mm. to open up God's Word. Yes. Open up to the book of John and just Mm. read about Mm. the Son of God who came to our world to die for you and I. Come join us with Eight Days of Hope. That's Come right. serve those who might not know who he is. Yes. You don't have to attend church to hang out with us. And go to 8daysofhope.com. Give us your email address. We'll send you an invite the next time God opens up a door mm. like he did in Alabama to serve those in need. Steve, uh, I'll tell you, there's there's got to be a show um, that we do one of these times that we, we do go into a little bit more depth of what God's done in your life. I know we had one show and we, I answered some of those questions and brought somebody at the light. 
because a lot of times you think, well, well, Steve, a guy like Steve Tiber or somebody else, they've got the, they've got it all together. Oh, yeah. They got this oh, going yeah. on because I mean, you know, that's a, sure, a right. the trickery, yeah. the trickery of Billy the Graham mind. was perfect, Mike. You knew that, right? <laughs> all right. So yeah, thanks for sharing your heart right mm-hmm. now this morning. I know their life's touched out there, but let's let's look at another show. We can go a little bit more into we'll do depth that. in that. Okay? We'll do that later this month. How's that? <laughs> okay. Because you're calling me out. Hold me accountable. All right. Late, late, <laughs> later this month. We are so thankful that you join us today on Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. I want to thank America. American Family Radio across the country and WDCX. What an amazing, yes. uh, uh, you know, organization station up in Buffalo, New York. They serve Western New York, Southern Ontario. Dear, dear friends of the Ministry of Eight Days Hope. Without them, both of those organizations, we couldn't do what we do because volunteers right. know how to pray. They know how to volunteer. Mm-hmm. They donate through the Ministry of Eight Days of Hope to serve those in need. So I want to give a shout out to them. And thank you to Pastor Scott again today. I know we have a couple minutes, but if today you were touched and you feel like you too want to sow to the Ministry of Eight Days of Hope, and thank you for Pastor Scott to point that out, go to our website, eightdaysofhope.com. Make a donation, $25, $50, $100, any amount you want. And you can do a one-time gift online. It's safe. It's about three clicks. Right. you got to give us some information. It's protected. Um, we're not going to ask you every other day or every month for dollars. But if you want to sow in the ministry or become a monthly partner, you know, sow into the ministry $10, $25, $50, $100 a month. Every month, every single penny you give online or when you mail a donation, I'll give you that address in a minute, those dollars will be used on the front line. Just 100% pass through. One, our partners cover our fixed costs. And if you want to mail a donation, it's P.O. Box 3208, 3208, Tupelo, Mississippi, 38803. Mm. Big plans today, Mike? We are in the beginning of spring for us. Sure. And a lot of cleanup to do and uh, some odds and ends, but okay. uh, nothing too heavy. Be praying for me. Next weekend, I'm traveling down to Tennessee. My daughter is graduating from college with her master's degree, so Charmaine and I and the girls are going to be heading down for that, excited for that. And uh, you've had some things going on with your grandkids lately. Yeah, some things going on in the house. Everything oh, okay now? Yeah, everything's good. They had their house fixed, and they <laughs> stayed with us for, for uh, you know, nine adult or nine people and a dog you know for but everything's all but big. you have a six thousand square foot house right oh yeah <laughs> it's a mansion <laughs> that's when you really get to know your family and sure. you have one daughter i think you have what six or seven grandchildren we have seven okay i knew i was close yeah two more you got a baseball team oh it was a tremendous team. blessing no was, we, we enjoyed it <laughs> i know you thank you they're gone no i'm <laughs> kidding i'm just kidding um as always check us out on facebook instagram or twitter we only have a minute left mike but if they go to a our YouTube channel, Eight Days of Hope, okay. you can get to meet some of the families we've served over the years. And some of those videos, are, I was watching one last night, a senior mm. citizen says on on, on, the, on, on on this video, and I think it's called You Saved My Life. Mm-hmm. She actually was contemplating suicide because she okay. had canceled her insurance mm. for the first time in 35 years, and Harvey shows up mm. six weeks later. Wow. Make sure when you go on that YouTube channel, you have a box of Kleenex right next to <laughs> yeah. you. You are going to need it. <laughs> I hear you. Next week, we're excited. Tina Haley's going to be joining us. She's a missionary with Eight Days of Hope. Her and her husband serve with us around the country. She lives in Kentucky. And you're going to hear a story next week about how a lady who worked in an office and was managed an office, how God is using her to touch families in need and those rescued from sex trafficking with her gifts. You want mm-hmm. to join join in 
next week. Absolutely. Exciting. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for Pastor Scott. Be with us this week as Mike and I and listeners uh, step out in the world, Lord. Let us not be of the world, but let us, Father, be a light for the world in a very dark place. Not to bring attention to us, but to be a glimpse, glimpse of your son, Jesus. Yes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Love you, my man. Love you too. Thank you again. Thank you, man. I appreciate you as well. Thank you for joining us today. For more information about the ministry, go to 8daysofhope.com. You've been listening to Hope Reigns. It's a broadcast of 8 Days of Hope. Thanks for listening to Hope Reigns from 8 Days of Hope. Come back next week for more God-sized stories from across the country. To listen to this or a previous episode of Hope Reigns, please visit our show archive at 8daysofhope.com.